in the past, I have been much more focused on personal goals, personal development, personal achievement. In the last couple of years, and I would say even as I look to the next chapter, I'm much more focused on team wins, team achievements, mentoring other people, younger advisors, analysts on our team. And I'm at this crossover period in my career where in the past, I've really looked up to others and said, I want to be like that man or that woman, that person. And I'm at that point where I want to, I'm ready to flip that switch and help to give back to others who are on a similar journey. What's inside? Discovering what you're made of and making the most of it with professional coach Ken Edwards. Helping you understand your gifts, honing your leadership skills, sharpening your natural instinct so you can enjoy a more fulfilling life. You're listening to the What's Inside podcast. Welcome in. I'm your co-host, Eric Nordoff, and I'm sitting here with Ken Edwards. Ken, good to see you again. Hey, Eric. So today we are transitioning. So for the last six episodes, we have talked with some really great guests about the topic of self-leadership from all different perspectives, right? From different paradigms and approaches to self-leadership. Yes. And now we're getting into... How do you lead others? How do you lead your teams, maybe at work? How do you lead your family? We get into that some with some of the guests. So what's going to be different about this? What should we be listening for? Well, what I want you to pay attention to is in the leadership of a team is how frequently our guests really are talking about emotional intelligence and about communication skills. Because often we think about leadership in these constructs like models, and it's not the most productive way to think about it. It's really about how do you care for people? How do you connect with them? How do you set expectations and hold folks to those, but in a way that is paying attention to the whole person? Mm -hmm. So it's highly relational. Highly relational. And our first guest is Evan Melcher. Uh, We're going back to Evan. And he's so thoughtful in his way of working with the team. And I just value his approach. Yeah. So we're going to go through all the guests that we had uh, previously. So we'll get to hear from them all again, this time on this topic of team leadership. Yes. All right. I'm looking forward to this. Let's listen. Tell me what it's been like. You said you worked with Ken for seven years. Why did you come to see Ken and how have you changed in those seven years? Well, you can take time to think about it, but I just, I didn't want to leave without asking that question. Yeah. Well, Ken is the reason, I don't know if he knows this, but Ken is the reason I'm sitting in this seat with you today. Ken is the reason that I'm at the company I'm with today. So I was at another firm that was based in Maryland and um, I helped open a, a Georgia location for them. So I was kind of on an island down there, but I was really happy. I loved the company I worked with. I loved the people I worked with. I loved my clients. 
So for all intents and purposes, I was happy. And I was approached by a gentleman who was a longtime friend and client of Ken's and who said, I'd like for you to come and work with me. I need somebody. I've heard your name. I hear we need to talk. Come work with me. And I said, after hearing the whole thing, I said, look, I really appreciate that. I'm happy to help you find the right person for you, but that's not me. I'm happy where I am. And so I said, no. (laughs) And ultimately, this is probably one of the most persuasive gentlemen I've ever met in my life. He broke me down and convinced me to have another conversation. But one of his selling points was, I will pay for you to work with an executive coach, with my coach, uh, if you come work with me. And I don't know if he was as dialed into the fact that I'm a tinkerer and I'm trying to get invest in myself and get better or whatever. But that was one of the one or two reasons why it tipped the scales for me. And I went to work for that gentleman in that company. The opportunity to have an executive coach that was well vetted, who had such a profound influence on someone who I admired in my business was a real benefit, I felt like, for me. And something that's kind of out of the box, I think. So if you're maybe a business owner, that may be something that you want to consider if you're trying to attract people. But it was really an exciting opportunity for me. And then when I got to work with Ken, I don't know, I feel like I've had just a tremendous amount of personal growth. But I'll I'll tell you, it's just some practically speaking, we do some assessments. I think so Ken can kind of get a baseline of of where you are. And I think you've even season one, I think you talked about Myers-Briggs and some of the other assessments you do. Mm-hmm. But this morning, we kind of had a recheck. And we were looking at some of those assessments to see what's been consistent over the seven years and what has changed. Right. And I don't know if, if you want to care to comment on, at all on some of the things that we saw this morning that have evolved a little bit. Well, it's fun because... Um... I haven't done a lot of rechecks like this. And once again, it's kind of having one to say, hey, well, let's have a reset, which we needed to do. And so part of the reset, as we talked, it made sense to kind of revisit the Myers-Briggs and probably more importantly, revisit the emotional intelligence evaluation that we use. And just looking at that and seeing the growth, because it's a very accurate evaluation and you can just sit there and literally look at the data. And you can see the different places where Evan has grown. And what's interesting is it's not like he had a lot of growth that he needed to acquire. He was really solid, was in a good place. The first evaluation was good. But just to see from a really good, solid place, the growth that can be achieved, acquired through effort over a sustained period of time is amazing. And I see it. I can anecdotally comment on it. But it's fun to be able to stop and measure and, and uh, have a record of that. One of the things you kind of alluded to was how have you changed or, you know, well, maybe what's different. And I think one of the things we talked about this morning is it's sometimes it's not necessarily changing. It's kind of just chipping away at some of the veneer that we put on ourselves over time and becoming more of your authentic self. And I just think, I th- just think that, I don't know, it's partly due to our work together and it's partly due to my personal tinkering, but... I think over time, I've just gotten more comfortable in my own skin and who I am and with my giftings and what I have to offer the world. And so if anything, I mean, that's probably the biggest area of growth Mm -hmm. and change has just been helping to chip away and just get more honed into my authentic self. That's a big deal. Most people don't, aren't aware of who they are, how they're wired, 
what their strengths, what their weaknesses are even. And they just bulldoze their way through meetings and teamwork and it becomes a train wreck if you're not aware of it. So that is big. Well, our entire world of marketing is set up encouraging you to be something other than yourself. It's be someone else, be this person. You look at any kind of social media platform and you're bombarded with it when the very genius you have is within you. And just getting that freed up, getting it loosened up and really a growing in belief of what has been entrusted to you is really where it's at. How do you think some of these experiences in coaching and how do you think the the way you're wired will be of value to building a successful team? I mean, I think one of the biggest things is just understanding um, and dialing in energy. This is a, a good example. Ken and I have talked a lot over the years. It's not about time as your valuable resource. It's your energy that's your valuable resource. And so paying attention to doing the things that give you energy and that fill your cup. So as I move forward, finding more of those opportunities to do the things that give me energy that you know I can add the most value with my clients and then being able to delegate some of the things that maybe don't give me as much energy or deplete me more. But the areas where I've got teammates who do get excited and energized from that. And in the end, they'll probably do it better than me anyway. Right. And so, you know, I want to surround myself with good people and I want to empower them to do really great things and trust that they're going to do it right. And, you know, hopefully that frees me up to do more of the stuff that I, I want to do. Yeah, that's good. So we're, we're shifting gears a little bit to talk about teamwork and Evan's going to help us just, he's going to help us perfect how to work with a team. <laughs> now, what, what I'm most interested in, because once again, when I think about individual, personal leadership, self-leadership or team leadership, I always start with the unique person, like who you are. Often I've had clients historically that have studied some different leadership models. And I think that's fine to do that. I think you can learn a lot from other people. But at the end of the day, you have to create your own model, something that fits and works for you. So I'm just kind of curious in your experience in leading various teams, what does that look like? What has the, the learning process been for, like, been for you? And how do you go about leading your team in terms of you know, coaching them, guiding them, doing mentoring, offering correction, all the various things that kind of come into team leadership. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not, I don't have a, you know, I don't lead a company of hundreds of people, right? Right. So the teams that I've worked with have been much more, mm-hmm. much more intimate. Yeah. Diverse backgrounds, diverse skill sets. So I just think it's important to understand folks, understand what drives them. One of the things that's been impactful for me over the last seven years since we've worked together is each person that we've brought onto the team, you've actually helped during the interview process. Mm -hmm. So having some assessments done on the front end, really trying to identify. So if you're trying to build your team as an example, what are the skills you're looking for? What are the motivators you're looking for? What kind of people do you need to add to your team to help, you know, make two plus two is five, right? Right. And so if you can identify that on the front end and have some testing done to see if, or assessments done to see if there's alignment there, that's going to help you find the right people. Once you get the right people in those seats, then I think it's just about trusting and empowering them to make good decisions. So I, I don't know if I'm 
directly answering, but no, you're doing you're doing great because the element to a good team is finding good fit. And that is hard. Sometimes assessments can help. It kind of depends on who's taking the assessment. Assessments can be schooled too. Right. And so it's not like I have a crystal ball. So it's finding people who have integrity that are going to really try to listen to themselves and just offer the truth can help you get a good team. And is it also good for the prospective employee? Because if they fit it and right, it's not going to work for them either. Right. So that that is part of it. And But I'm just thinking about even as you're working as a team, when something, maybe an expectation goes unmet or there's an issue that arises, how do you offer correction in that? What does that look like for you? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, I believe in giving good, honest, constructive feedback. In my past, I have, you know, personally been on the, on the personal side, I haven't always been as good at expressing my feelings in the moment. You know, I do take the opportunity to come back and internalize things. And in some ways, I think that's helped me on the business side because I feel like um, I do take a situation. I try to get be pretty measured with my response. I think about the best way to try to offer feedback in a way that's going to be constructive mm-hmm. and well-received, but also direct and impactful. Yeah, I've watched you do that. So I know there have been a few times that we've had kind of impromptu phone calls to talk about some circumstances. And one of the things that I value about your approach is that you are measured. You don't just shoot from the hip. So if there's something that's going on and you're feeling something about it, you take time to try to feel it, process it, just simply calm down so that you can address it in a measured way. Because sometimes we're too quick. And when we're quick like that, the information can be too raw. And if something's too raw, sometimes it can't be digested. Yeah, and and your your point's well taken. So there's a balance though, right? Mm -hmm. So you need to be measured enough and thoughtful about how you respond and and make sure that you're calm and you do it from a good place. But you also need to not take too much time, right? Because the longer that you get away from the moment, the more you can lose the impact of the teachable moment. Yeah, I see that a lot with my clients where they have had a circumstance, they sit on it until the next review. That might be six or eight or 10 months away. By then, you've lost any opportunity to really coach them up, train them up. But being, yeah, timely so you're not in a reactive place, but you can respond to them, it gives you an opportunity to coach your employee in the moment, which actually helps with the review process. I also think, too, if I think about the different team members we have, for example, I know that there's some managers who want to give direction and then just step out of the way and do their own thing. Mm -hmm. And then they just think the car's on autopilot. And then they check in a couple weeks later. I'm not like that. I'd rather do a five or 10 minute check in each day. Yes. And just to say, hey, you know, how are things going? Is there what's on your agenda for today? You know, even if it's nothing big or nothing for me, or if, even if it's something personal, just to check in. And is there anything that I can help you with? Mm-hmm. You know, anything you're trying to get accomplished that I need to be aware of? Just to have a quick temperature check. Mm-hmm. And it just helps me always be feel like I'm dialed in to where things are emotionally. I can tell if, if there's something amiss or it feels like it's off. And everybody I've ever worked with has, my wife jokes about this, right? John, I'll be walking through the grocery store and strangers will stop me and just start talking to me. And my wife will say, well, who is that? 
I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, but everybody I've worked with, it feels like in the past has felt a sense of, you know, hey, I can trust you. I can tell you something. And so I feel like I get a lot of that mm-hmm. from other people. And so I think just having these conversations and check-ins and asking people how they're doing, you, you get a lot. And so I think that helps me understand where there might be capacity to kind of pass along some more mm-hmm. or where I might need to lighten the load a little bit to clear the way for people if they're going through a little bit more, right? Just Yeah. I just want to highlight Evan's emotional intelligence as he's talking about this because he's really talking about caring for his people. He's checking in, certainly to see if they're on track with different projects you're working on. So kind of the the more technical side of the job, is it getting done? But then there's kind of the check-in with, how are you doing? What's the load like? How exhausted are you? That kind of thing. And I imagine some of that is direct, some of it's intuitive as you're just listening. Is that fair? Yeah, for sure. And And you kind of alluded to this, but I hear it a lot from people, almost as a point of pride, you know, I hire good people and expect them to do their job or I hire good people, I let them do their job. And in theory, that sounds good. I am certainly a fan of hiring the right people, getting them in the spot and giving them rope to do what they need to do. But you, we don't need to be passive. It needs to be something that need to be heavy handed, but checking in like you're doing, I think is really a, a smart play because it just keeps your, your thumb on the pulse of where things are and what's going on. And it does when review time comes, if you're doing that, nothing is a surprise. Absolutely. There should be no surprises at the year in review. Right. For sure. You should be able to lay out expectations at the beginning of a review period and get to the end and they should be able to grade themselves. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what's fun about leading a team for you? In the past, I have been much more focused on personal goals, personal development, personal achievement. In the last couple of years, and I would say even as I look to the next chapter, I'm much more focused on team wins, team achievements, mentoring other people, younger advisors, analysts on our team. And I feel like I'm at this crossover period in my career where, you know, in the past, I've really looked up to others and said, I want to be like that man or that woman, that person. And I'm at that point where I want to, I'm ready to flip that switch and help to give back to others who are on a similar journey. Yeah. And so I think part of the value or part of the reward for me is going to be watching those around me elevate and succeed and get to new advancements in their career or, you know, bring on new clients themselves. I feel like as the season is changing out here physically, right, the season of my career is also starting to change. And I think the value will be in different things. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. One thing I would say about what I've observed with you on Teams is that your approach is simple. It's not complicated, it doesn't need to be complicated. Simple doesn't always mean easy because it does take energy to do that. You have to be thoughtful. But if you do it in micro doses instead of kind of big, kind of project-oriented management style, it makes it so much easier. And I think that's achievable no matter what size team you have. So I just want to encourage folks to consider how you've gone about managing your teams and 
I think your your kindness comes through as you're talking about it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think one of the things too that's important with the team, I'll just say that just you just triggered this in my head was when I go on vacation, for example, with my family, I want to be able to unplug and I want to trust that the people I've put around me are going to handle things. And I do have that trust. But the same thing happens when they tell me they're going on vacation. I often get from very conscientious teammates of mine that, hey, I'm taking the day off, but you can reach me if you need me kind of a thing. And I like to push back on that and say, no, you take the day off. And not only should I not be able to reach you, but other people shouldn't either. Mm-hmm. And so I try to kind of help people draw those boundaries where I don't know if those boundaries were always drawn for me. Right. And I try to be respectful of those boundaries and help them protect those boundaries so that frankly, they'll help protect my boundaries for me too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good thought. Well, Evan, it's been a pleasure. Glad you could join us. We look forward to our next interview that'll be coming up soon. I don't know if that's a good wrap. Blah, 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 blah. But we appreciate you. (laughs) Come back sometime. (laughs) Thanks for having me. You know, it's been a seven quick time flies, right? Quick years. Hard to believe. Working together. It feels like we started yesterday, but... I also look back and feel like we've accomplished a lot. But as you know, the constant tinkerer here, I'm going to continue to work and bounce ideas off of you. So um, thanks for spending a couple minutes. Yeah. Appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thanks. For show notes and relevant resources mentioned in today's episode, and if you'd like to reach out to Ken to see if coaching is the right next step for you, visit ProvidentLeadership.com. That's ProvidentLeadership.com. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcasting platform.